for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. I'm going to throw the doors wide open and welcome you to my house, Rosie on the house. Come on in, y'all. Nine o'clock hour on the house hour. We spend the whole hour talking about something physically on your home, castle, or cabin. one 767 That's one 888 for you Text questions can be sent to 411-923 and email info at rosieonthehouse.com. In this hour, we have Tyler Johnson from Johnson's Roofing and talking about our roof. If it rains, which it will at some point, (laughs) the key critical component to protecting our home is our roofs. And our article today, if you get our weekly email newsletter, you see we actually broke the conversation into two articles one on really pitched roof and one on flat roof because Mm -hmm. they really are uh quite different materials quite different techniques and it's hard to put all of that into one we we try not to go over about 800 words in our weekly article (laughs) we just couldn't do it this week so we cover a lot of ground we broke it into two and you know in, in that article the pitched roofs and the flat roofs. I didn't even get to ask you the one question I wanted to ask you more than anything. Uh, as a roofing company, with the temperature going to 115 next week, uh, how do you recruit help? <laughs> you know, it's just like everybody else in the market. It is insanely hard. Just no one wants to do it. <laughs> Come. Come join us up, up on this roof next week. It's only going to be 118. It'll be nice. You'll get used to it. 118 in the shade is what you're looking at. We got 120, 130 up there all up day on long. The roof. Oh yeah. Oh man. Well, it is going to be hot. We talked about some of the advantages of the heat and what it does provide for Arizona. But boy, one of the things it does, it cooks that roof. Yeah, it's your primary uh, primary protection from the elements, and it's just sitting up there baking every day, all day. And and a and a flat, built up old old built up roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a, 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 I guess that flat built up is going to get the hottest because even a, a black uh, fiberglass shingle is at least got a vented attic underneath it. But boy, that flat roof got nothing underneath it. Yeah, you but, hope you hope that they're all vented, but sometimes they're not. And they're heat. Like you were saying, black. It's just so. It attracts so much more heat. You get into an attic, and we've we've been involved in studies where it's actually a, literally 40, 50 degrees hotter underneath a black surface than underneath a you know a white or a lighter colored surface. Just it it just sucks up that heat that those dark colors. Man, it really does. I hope people just heard what you just said. Now let's start with the with the sloped roof, and in the sloped roof in Arizona, primarily down in the uh, below the Mogan rim, uh, you're going to be dealing with three tab shingles, and you're going to be dealing with various shapes and forms of a concrete or clay tile. Yeah. Take us through the builder standard three tab shingle. Okay. Well, 
the standard three tab or we're more commonly using the architectural dimensional shingle now it's just a uh, fiberglass mat something to hold it together they impregnate it with um, asphalt and then they put something on top of it to protect it from the sun and make it look pretty those are the granules the colors that you're that you were talking about um real simple really easy to put on um it's anywhere you look on a roof there's two layers because you've got a shingle you only leave it exposed 50 percent whereas a tile you'll you'll it's pretty much all exposed um and it's just a water shedding roof if it was flat if it goes below a certain pitch or whatnot it'll it'll leak and and y'all don't the industry doesn't like to put uh, an asphalt fiberglass shingle on anything lower than about a two and twelve. You, Is that right? You can't do that per manufacturer's specifications. They won't warranty it, and like I was saying, it will leak. Some people will do it, and they might get away with it, but it will eventually leak, especially with these big old huge monstorm monsoon storms where it just drops tons and tons of water. It does. It just can't get off that roof fast enough, and okay. it backs up and goes in. Now, you've got the roof and the plywood deck. We're going to put a asphalt shingle up there. What are we going to do first? Well, first you've got to have your felt. Um, you know, we talked about it a bit in the article. The felt is more of a, it's not so much a waterproofing on a, on a shingle roof. On a tile roof, it is absolutely essential. But it's more of a, a vapor barrier in the, in the roofing system. So on a shingle roof, it's not as critical. On a tile roof, it is absolutely 100% critical. And that's why you'll see a lot of roofs around here in the valley. They'll take off the tile, replace the paper, and put the tile right back on because the tile lasts longer than you or me, but the, the paper is what's been going out. And that architectural shingle, that asphalt fiberglass shingle, is about one of the more cost-efficient, effective, economical pitched roof surfaces we can use. Is that right, or is something better? It's, you know, it's it's pretty close, especially with the, especially here in the valley, we're really close to the main product, rain producers of the tile roof. So that's why you see a lot of the tile roofs going up in the subdivisions, because they've, they've gotten it down to such an art where it's almost cheaper to go with a tile versus a shingle, because the shipping is so, it's so close. Once you start to get further away, the shipping becomes a huge issue with that tile. I mean, You've got very ten, interesting ten times as much weight on your roof with a tile roof than you do with a shingle roof. So you know, factor the shipping cost into that. That's one of the reasons why we use it here. But a tile roof and a shingle roof, as far as initial install, they're actually not too far from each other. That's very interesting. So that's one of the reasons, uh, I guess. We we've seen kind of that asphalt tile, that asphalt shingle kind of be replaced by the concrete tile now the concrete tile is deceiving the the con what you're looking at isn't your roof yeah it's you, just decoration well it, it kind of is because you've got you've got a, a two-part system that tile is definitely there if it wasn't there that your roof would fail in a matter of i think most of the of the roofs here would be about 90 days you take the tile off 90 days it's toast um but at the same time like you're talking about if you if you did have, since you do have the tile, it does last quite a bit longer. What I want to talk to the homeowners about is those with the concrete or the clay tile. Your real roof is whatever was laid down on top of the roof deck before they laid the concrete or clay tile down. Lots of different variations on what goes down first. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what you're talking about, we have a primary and a secondary roofing system. The concrete, like you're saying, is the secondary. And the primary, that paper, you, you can start anywhere. A minimum required is about a 30-pound felt. Organic, so it has it's composed of, instead of fiberglass, it's just got chunks of wood, wood chips in it, uh, cellulose. And it just it goes all the way up to systems that are four times as thick. They're 100% asphalt. They're about... 10 times more expensive and they'll last maybe 10 times as long. So it really depends on, there's such a gamut of different types and different materials and different compositions. And you've got your, your organics, you've got your ASTMs, you've got the synthetics, just everything's in there. So when a homeowner is in need of considering to redo a Mm -hmm. tile roof, that's 20, 30 years old, the conversation about the underlayment is really one of the more important conversations you can have with whoever, whatever roofing contractor you're talking to. Oh, absolutely. So in our valley, let's. I'm just going to kind of go off on a tangent here. There's Good. A, okay, tangent. There we go. There, there's a product called uh, Fontana G40. It is one of the most popular underlayments that are. It's just everyone uses it. It's a very cost effective. It's a very good product. That I mean. I'll bet you they have about anywhere from 30 to 40% of the entire market that they control. Okay. That's a particular brand. That's name. a brand. Okay. And, you know, the G40 is a 40-pound, which is a type. But you get into it, and they're also really good with their warranties. They give you a 10- or a 20-year warranty. Done. You don't have to register it. You don't have to do anything. It's just we're – and what the warranty says is if our product goes bad, we're going to give you more product. Well, you look at a typical cost of a of – a, of a refelt is what we call them when you take the tile off and replace the paper, you're only talking about maybe 15, 20% of the overall cost is the paper. Everything else is the labor, the, the, the components, the battens, the flashings, every, all these different things that go into it. So you, you now have a, let's just call it a $10,000 roof that went bad because for whatever reason, the paper went bad and Fontana is going to step up and say, here, here's, thousand five hundred two thousand dollars worth of paper have a great day okay that's awful okay but what's really cool about fontana is if you go a couple steps further they and they've got a list of you know certain things that need to be done and it's not horribly expensive it's maybe going to add five percent to the roof they will actually give you a labor and material warranty oh my goodness so if their product goes bad they'll come out they'll rip it off and they'll put it all back on for you no charge to yourself, which is an amazing warranty. And it's little things like that that you really need to have a discussion with a knowledgeable roofer because it doesn't cost you a whole lot more, but all of a sudden your 20-year warranty, say, is actually worth something versus you know, prorating. There's just so many things they use to get out of the warranties. And this is one of the best warranties if it's installed by the proper way by a certified roofer. And that's significantly more than the minimum underlayment that a lot of contractors are used in the effort to be cost competitive. You know, that's kind of a misleading statement because a lot of the, the contractors now, they found that a 30-pound felt's going to run you about, oh, I don't know, between a 30 and a 40-pound, you're talking about less than 10% cost okay. increase. And on your overall roof, you're talking about 2 or 3%. So if there's a, a real, a reputable roofer in the valley that's not installing 40-pound felt at a bare minimum, Oh, that that scares me. Just there's no ten thousand dollar job. You're going to save two hundred dollars. 
We're talking roofing here with Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing, Rosie Certified Roofing Company, serving the Phoenix metro area. If you've got a question about roofing, give us a ring. We've got a few callers that are going to want to get on here. They're queuing up right now. We'll be back. We're talking about sloped roofs, the three-tab asphalt fiberglass bitumen shingle. We're talking about the concrete, and we'll also be talking about flat roofs, and we'll talk about your roof in particular. Where you And the roof is our topic on this On the House broadcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Cara and Gilbert, welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I moved into my house about uh, three years ago. At that time, before we moved in, we had them replace the underlayments. Um, and then they just replaced the existing roof tiles. The roof tiles are like a dark, bright red, which we just hate the color of, and was wondering if there's anything that we can do just to change out the color um, of the existing tiles or if I'd have to just replace them. Yeah, so it's kind of a hard question there. You can coat them, you can paint them, but what we've seen is that it's a really hard process. It doesn't look as well. Um, you probably have some variation in colors in on the roof and it's just real difficult to replicate that really good looking concrete tile roof by merely recoding it or, or putting some sort of uh, finish on it. Uh, most of these these finishes on the concrete tile are either baked in, they're, they're all the way through so the sun won't fade them out or they're um, they're coated on very very thickly so it's, it's just like I say really hard to mimic the natural look of the concrete tile by, by any sort of finish on top. Now from my understanding on tile roofs when we replace the underlayment like Cara mm -hmm. did, you can do that once with tiles, but you can't do that a third time. Like how often, how many times can you remove the tile, replace the underlayment and put them back on? Oh, it, so concrete tiles are a really cool thing. What happens is, and I could be a little off, but this is what an engineer told me. Once that tile's built, we actually have to wait a week or two after they, you know, it comes out of the factory. It basically just sits there and hardens. When we install it on your roof, it will be the softest it will be in about 200 years. So what will happen is it will spend the next 100 years getting harder and harder and harder, and then the next 100 years after that softening up. So in 200 years, your tile might need to be completely replaced. So the work crews, if they handle it properly, that tile roof can be repurposed multiple times. Oh, absolutely. I, it off. Okay. I think we've done roof. We were the third time doing it. We're 60 years old or so. So my, I that were what I was thinking and trying to talk to Carrot Car is it might be more affordable to just replace those tiles roofs instead of putting another coating on. But if you found a coating that worked, if that tile roof is going to last 200 years, it might be worth that that investment. <laughs> you know, as cheap as tile is, like I was talking to, to Romeo out before, it, it, it's not that expensive. It's by the time you factor in everything that you've got to do, you're almost going to be better off just taking it off. And you wouldn't even have to touch the underlayment if you do it right. You could just take it off and put new tile on without actually redoing the felt paper. And you could probably get it done relatively cheap, not not. I guess that's more expensive really thing. the question. Is it, what's the cost to replace the tile? What's the cost to put a coating on that's not going to last 
uh, or look the way she wants it. Putting money and trying to change it would be better spent investing in a different color that she's happy with. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say just just guesstimating. Um, a good coating that's going to last about 10 or 15 years before it completely falls apart, you'd probably be looking at about $1.50 a square foot. And you could, without promising anything, but you could probably end up with right around $1.75 to $2 to take all the tile off and put brand new tile on there, lay it out, and without, like I say, without touching the underlayment, but you'd probably be under $2 a square foot. So... Sorry, we didn't have better news for you, Cara. That wasn't what you wanted to hear. And, and she mentioned it was a dark red that they don't like. Darker colors are harder to change the color of because you, it, you know, <laughs> you, you couldn't put something lighter on there without having to put multiple coats on to really get the pigment color to change. So we appreciate the call. And again, sorry, we didn't have better news for you. <laughs> now, while we're still on sloped roofs, before we go to flat roofs. We've talked about the different materials that uh, the industry has used. Uh, but what we haven't talked about is how important is every place there's a penetration. Um, the roof stacks, the plumbing stacks, the uh, exhaust vents, um, the dormer vents, uh, venting, attic venting. Uh, every place the roof comes up to a a parapet wall or a dissimilar material. Talk a little bit about how you treat all of those things and how critical, I mean, if I've got a roof, the most critical points of that roof are any place there's a hole in it. Absolutely. <laughs> the last thing we want to have in a roof is a hole, right? So that that's probably what I preach the most is you need to maintain a roof. It's, you know, you they're so critical. Anytime it come, you know, you have a penetration, we're trying to do something that the roof really wasn't designed for. So we're coming up with flashings or sealants or anything like that. What happens is over a period of time, those will bend, break, wear out, dry out. That's why it's just so important to maintain your roof. That's that's what we'll do is we go up there, we check check for uh, the flashings, make sure that they're still tucked and put the where they're supposed to. We will put the, you know, any tile that's moved broken. Um, like you said, where they go up against the wall is so stinking important. Oh, man. It just, people don't ever think about when there's a leak, it's the wall. So they just figure it's the roof where really it might be where the roof and the wall come together. So it's not really very, the roof's fault. Very common point of failure. Here with Tyler Johnson and Johnson Roofing talking sloped roofs. When we get back, we're going to be talking about all those flat roofs out there. On the roof again I just can't wait to get on the roof again The life I love is laying shingles with my friends And I can't wait to get on the roof again The music soundtracks are often a preview to what producer Gary does in his free time at home. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. We've been talking pitched roofs. Now we're going to switch the conversation to flat roofs, but we'll still talk about your roof if you'd like to join the conversation. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. What 
is the history of the flat roofs? Is it really just back to the flat adobe construction and people trying to keep that authentic southwest look? Because uh, the pitch roof to me makes a lot more sense because you want to shed the water off as fast as you can. Flat roofs can have a ponding tendency, and uh, you know the last thing you want is, is a pond on top of your roof. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with just the architectural choice when they're trying to build something. Imagine a Walmart. If you tried to put a pitched roof on that, that thing would be – you'd add another 50, 60 foot to the building just because it's so it's so big from side to side. And most of the flat roofs are kind of in the commercial realm, at least a square footage percentage-wise. But yeah, a lot of the haciendas, they go back and they have those those looks that require the flat roof. Pretty inexpensive to build. In the first building boom, the first modern era building boom of Arizona, we would stand the walls in masonry, and then we would take a 2 by 12 and slope it if we really felt generous, we'd slope it about a half inch to a foot. But it was more often about a quarter inch to the foot. And I've done houses that were literally framed flat. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a Midwest carpenter uh, moves here from uh, Kansas in the 50s, never rains here. Let's just put a flat roof on there. And he literally put a flat roof on there. Because if it's perfectly flat, it can't pond, right? No parapets. It just all sheds off the, the forehead. So it's going to find some place to go. Mm -hmm. And we've actually seen in the older historic areas of Phoenix, flat, literally flat roofs. Yep. So they were, they, we, we, they were naive when they built them because it does rain here. We do have to deal with water. Uh, they were taking the least expensive option of all. Uh, and it did replicate kind of the early Native American Pueblo territorial style uh, that were, what was common in the area here hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But done right, it can be a pretty good roof, but it has to start with a little slope. I definitely, you say quarter 12 and that is absolutely the bare minimum oh, that you should do. What we're talking about is for every foot that rafter stretches horizontally, it needs to drop one quarter of an inch. I think we've generally accepted a half inch to a foot in for ourselves to be the absolute minimum. We never want to go below that. That's about what it takes to keep from ductwork penetrations at a quarter inch a foot, any obstruction, even even a lap joint in the in the bitchethane, can stop it from running off. It's just not enough, right? So half inch to a foot. Talk about the different types of material. Uh, you look at a at a plywood decked roof uh, that is of the flat nature. Let's assume it's sloped a half inch to a foot. What are your options for now covering that plywood with a good waterproof, sunproof, sun-resistant uh, surface? Well, so you've got three basic um, categories. You've got your granulated coat-topped uh, rolled roofing. You've got your foam roofings. And you've got your thermoplastics, which are basically large plastic rolls that are, you know, each one of them has an advantage and a disadvantage. Your, your rolled goods, your... Let's start with the thermoplastics. 
they last a long time. Um, they can be relatively uh, resistant to chemicals. It's, that's what you're going to find typically on your big commercial buildings. Like I say, Walmart, Home Depot, any one of those will have typically will have a, a, a TPO or a PVC roof. Um, after that, you've got the foam roof, which is they use it a lot in commercial, and it's also become very prevalent in residential for the simple reason you get some R value to it. Um, something to look out for. The the commercial side is really the the big mover of the flat roofs, just because their buildings are so big, like we so talked big. a minute ago. So, and they're also very conscious about not so much the cost, but the cost of the lifespan of the roof. So when they go and install a roof, they they install it in such a way they don't look at how much it costs me today. They take that money and they stretch it out. And if we add more, can we get more life out of it? Right. What's the average dollar cost per year? So they're going to go, instead of like a residential roof is how cheap can I get it done? So a residential is typically about an inch of foam with maybe 25 dry mills of coating on top. And that well, and the 25 coat, dry mills is about the thickness of a credit card. Yeah, a little bit thinner, yep. but yeah, it's it's pretty thin. Yeah. Whereas then you get into the commercial realm and you're, talk, you're typically talking anywhere from 25 to 30. And there's a, there's a calculation. Um, the first 13 dry mills on a... On a roofer is basically your base layer. If you go anything less than that, the sun can still get through it and destroy your foam, even though it still looks white. Yeah. And then the other calculation you need to take into consideration is um, this is a sacrificial layer. It means that over time, it's just going to wear off. So the thicker you put it, the longer you can go in between putting a new layer down. So if you go, let's just call it 18 dry mills, you've only got maybe five years before you have to go back and recode it. And people don't typically do that. Right. And then your roof starts to get, get hammered. Get starts. And the foam hates ultraviolet. It's just it, gone. It's yeah. gone. It's just gone. So that that being said, a commercial roof, you might go up to 45 or even, even more dry mills where you'll go up there and it'll literally be a 20-year roof where on a residential house, it's just going to last five years and be done. Um, and then the, I guess the last one is your rolled goods, and those compose anything from a 90-pound tar paper, which is awful. Well, put it on a chicken coop, maybe. I hate installing it. Oh, it's. I uh, hate installing. You it. can't. It, it. It's. It. You can't make it not leak because it tries to move, and <laughs> it's just bad. And then on the on the other end of that spectrum, you have a full SBS with a really nice uh, top that you can probably get about 20 years out of that roof before you have to do anything. The advantages is it is cheaper, the rolled goods. The disadvantage is at the end of its lifespan, you typically have to remove it and replace it, whereas a foam roof, if done right, will last longer than anybody else, but it's higher maintenance. You're constantly going back and cleaning it off and recoding it. So, I want to continue this conversation on flat roofs, but we do have Chris calling in with a question about building in the mountains. Okay. Let's see if we can talk to him about that, that perfect mountain cabin. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. What have y'all got planned? Well, you know, um, I the plan is to build a cabin up in Alpine, which is just beautiful country, as you know. Oh, don't say it. And, don't say uh, it. Don't tell anybody. You get it. Chris, we have to keep that a secret. We have to keep that area a secret. <laughs> it's been discovered by California. Absolutely. Man, oh, man. Okay. So we're building a, a house. Don't in, even in mention it. I know. So we're, <laughs> well, we're building a, a house in a beautiful corner 
of uh, the mountainous Arizona. Yes, okay. a cabin. Okay. And and I know that because of snow and rain up there, uh, does the roofing person that we're talking about this morning or talking to this morning, I think it's Johnson Roofing, uh, do they also specialize in those types of roofs? Because I think that's going to be a little different than what we do here in the Valley. Or if you can just give me a little wake-up call, what to do there. That's what a, kind of roof will I need? That's a great call. Most of what uh, Tyler and I have been talking about today is desert-style roofing. We do have a lot of homes up in the trees and the mountains. I know what would go on my house in Alpine. Tyler, what would go on your house in Alpine? Metal. Yeah. I would, I I wouldn't even think twice. It would be a metal roof for the snow shedding mm -hmm. capacity, for the fire resistance, primarily for the fire resistance. Uh, I I wouldn't even consider putting any other type of roof on a home up there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you can look at other ones. I definitely wouldn't use tile. Shingles might work, but. Metal is just by far going to be the best option for what you're what you're looking at up there. And I, and and y'all don't service Alpine, I don't think. We do. Oh, you would go to Alpine. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, there's there's uh, as you develop the plans, uh, you want to visit with someone about the different roofing options. Uh, give Tyler at Johnson Roofing a call and 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 get the consult done here ahead of time uh, before you get up there. So. Chris, Thank good you. luck. And you are you are building, I believe, in absolutely one of the most beautiful corners of all of Arizona. New Mexico, right? Yeah. It's right there. It's right there, baby. I'm going. It's right there. Absolutely. We've talked multiple times about the perfect mountain cabin would be a masonry framed home, a metal roof, and then from there you could spend the rest of your time doing decorating, but spend the money for uh, a, a colored masonry cast CMU. You can even do a split face. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of architectural features. Put a moisture-proof, fireproof, <laughs> maintenance-free. I mean, I'm Romy and I. When Romy first came to work for him, I said, "Romy, go to the Corporation Commission and get the name Arizona Masonry Maintenance-Free Homes." And I wanted to start building masonry homes in the woods that were literally maintenance free because so many of my neighbors in the white mountains what do they do the first three weeks they're up there for the summer they're caulking and then and they're and they're staining their logs and they're sanding and they're varnishing and uh-uh no way man the house has to be switch on switch off so, and the, the point with that is with cost of materials and especially metal you know metal's always been more expensive than your other types of roof well it's probably even more now um, but long term it's worth that investment and you know you, once you've got the structure and the bones that uh that well built man so what if it's five years from now you put in that you know granite slab that custom found at some shop so what if that comes later now, Tyler, one we we've moved from sloped roofs to flat roofs. One roof material we didn't talk about in sloped roofs. Do y'all do much metal roofing here in the valley? 
On it, the desert floor? It's getting more and more common. Okay. It's, it's a really, it's, it's growing faster than any other segment of the roofing out there. It's about twice as expensive, even three times as expensive as some other roofs, but it is just, it's a maintenance free, you, you put it on, you got, and I'm not going to say maintenance free, but there is so <laughs> little maintenance to it. And it's just such a sharp look compared to some of the other roofs out there. It, it is an absolute gorgeous roof. It is. And and it is as close to maintenance-free as a roof can be, I, I believe. Yep. Okay. We've got another caller here, Jay, calling from Scottsdale. Let's bring Jay into the conversation. A new innovation in the roof shingle industry that came out about 10 years ago. Jay, what's your question? Well, my question, I got two questions. But the one question was, I'm thinking about, I got to do a replacement on my roof. And I've been seeing a lot of the... Uh, the solar shingles and how those are very effective, but how well are they, they used in, in in our area of the part of the country? Are they durable? Are they going to be sustainable? Because right now I have a tile roof on my on my house. And the second question to that is, instead of putting the tiles up there, do they make polyurethane type, which is less weight? Okay, yeah. Uh, Two-part question there. Uh, the first one is... If you're talking this Tesla tiles, I would highly recommend looking into those. I'm not a huge expert on them, but I know they're insanely expensive. Uh, solar goes very well on the roof. Um, and the second question was the polyurethane tiles. That is an absolutely another growing area of our market. It's a good product. Um, once again, it's a lot costlier than a, a typical concrete roof, but it is a really good option and yeah, I would recommend at least looking into both of those if you're interested in them at all. All right. Have y'all done a solar tile roof install? No, we have not. You have to be a certified installer for Tesla. And those, I can't imagine what the price on that is as well. Um, any any idea? So they've got the whole where they're cheaper than a tile roof. If you go in and factor in the lifelong energy production of the tile roof, then or the solar tiles, uh, the people that I've talked to, they're typically ranging between 80 and above six figures for those Tesla roofs. So, hmm. Well, you, you're, you're technically buying a solar system at the same time, technically. Right. So, okay. Pricey, uh, technology allows it to be an option for us today. Worth exploring. Uh, Jay? We're not too ultimately familiar with it, but we appreciate the call. And we would appreciate it if you would keep us posted, Jay, on what your decision is and which way you decide to go. I'd like to stay on top of that in particular. All right. We're here with Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing, talking roofing. We're going to need to be wrapping up uh, on this segment here just right now. We come back. We'll finish talking roofing with Tyler. At Rosie on the House this morning with Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing. Talking roofing. Let's see if we bring Ray into the conversation real quick before we wrap everything up. Good morning, Ray. What's your question real quick? How are you doing? Uh, I need to find out what is the, the lowest slope that you could use shingles on. 
So anything under 412 is not recommended. Anything under 212 is against the manufacturers. They they won't re- they won't warranty it. So you can go from a 212 to a 412 with double felt, and then a 412 and above is is their really good area. That's what where they like to be. What are you trying to cover, Ray? I've got a a shop that it's just below the first block, up on top, up in front. And it runs back about 20 feet, and it drops about five blocks. And it, there's a four, uh, four, eight, sixteens. And I was just wondering. Well, it sounds like you've got a pretty good slope there for that kind of an application, depending on the parapet or if it's a shed roof or stuff like that. Uh, I would not, sh- I would not shingle it. Uh, definitely one of the other products we talked about. Yeah, rolled roofing. Uh, probably use a self-adhered two layers. Um, that should get you about twenty twenty-five years out of it. As good as most shingle roofs. That's what I would probably do. And if it's a shop and uh, you want a little insulation, I I think you ought to consider getting a quote to lay some foam on there as well. Yeah. Okay. Now, how about monsoon prep? So that do you remember how to do that? I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> so monsoon is it, the rain that comes is very sudden, and so the people that get it, they get it hard, and so it really does a number to a lot of stuff. Any any roof that is not properly cleaned off is going to have a lot of a really hard time getting the water off, and, it, and that's what's going to cause your leaks in the monsoons. It's not going to be your your cracks or this or that. It's going to be just this massive amount of water. It, something plugs up, whether it's on a tile roof where the drainage, um, flat roofs especially, if you've got parapet walls, your drains are going to get plugged and you're going to have a swimming pool above you instead of a, mm. a roof. Um, I'm surprised roofers are still in business. After yeah. it's, been, it's been so long since we've had a rainstorm. What What's going to happen the next rain? All, all these untested unmaintained roofs sitting out there by the tens of thousands the next good rainstorm i was having lunch with another another a competitor of mine and we you know i i I mentioned monsoons and he just said don't don't mention that that's a bad word around here that's just we're scared of it it's gonna we've had to you know we're busy but it's gonna hit hard so many untested roofs that have been aged out the people don't even know it even brand new roofs that have well, never yeah, been, they're, they're, brand new roofs never tested, and all of a sudden it's going to be crazy. Talk about the special y'all offer on your website for checking those roofs. So we have a flat fee where we, first off, we'll check them for free. Second off, we have a flat maintenance fee for pretty much any roof. Um, so just just call us. we got 350 bucks. We'll go out. We'll replace broken tiles, patch what we need to do, and that'll, that'll get you right where you need to be. Johnson Roofing, 480 480- or find them at rosyonthehouse.com.